Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. We stream live every Sunday at 8 on Facebook. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica every Sunday. We have a lot to share. So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at GmediaATL. By the time you hear this podcast, you'll be getting a little tired of our broken promises promises. Broken promises, promises Looking at your pages, seeing different numbers and numbers Call you when you study, hanging with the fellas, the fellas Hanging with my girls, you always getting jealous and jealous I was with you when you didn't have no dollars, no dollars Hanging at the crib, chilling with your mama, your mama Never funny, you never brought the drama, the drama Now you flip the script, play a Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. Let me stop. Can I try to force it? I try to force it. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, y'all. What's up? <laughs> Thank you to everyone who uh, understood the joke <laughs> and has listened to us thus far. And uh, Prince Appreciation Month is over. So no more Prince talk for a while. Um, until we consider it safe to talk about uh, Graffiti Bridge or Under the Cherry Moon. Will that ever? Let me stop. Who, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I almost forget that they exist. I think um, Under the Cherry Moon was recently put on HBO Max. I don't know if maybe it's because it was Warner on Brothers. for a while. Yeah, I think because um, I know he was signed to Warner, right? His entire... Yeah. Yeah, so Warner Brothers owns HBO Max, so they're probably calling in all of their content because Purple Rain's on there. 
on the Trey Moons on there. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Graffiti Bridge is on there too. So yeah, not to be confused with Physical Graffiti, which is a um, album by the by Led Zeppelin, or um, American Graffiti, which is a film by was it um, Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah, yeah, I think either him or George Lucas. I can't remember. But I, I not to be seeing, confused. I keep seeing the trailer, and it's not that it's making me upset. <clears throat> I'm just. Uh, I think just people are getting set up for disappointment. I keep seeing the um, trailer for the limited series called The Offer. What's that? Uh, which is about the making of The Godfather. Oh, yeah. People, I could see people getting disappointed by that. Uh, I just feel like it's just, I keep seeing the trailer on Facebook and Instagram. And the reason why I think it's a setup for disappointment is because of one actor who, like, y'all know the actor that... Uh, I don't really like all that much because he tries too hard. <laughs> oh, he's in it? He's not in it, but there's another actor that I don't know if I mentioned you to him that he also tries too hard is Miles Teller. Miles Teller. He was, I know he was in, uh, was in that was War Dogs? And yes. He was Fantastic Four. Yes. I haven't seen many movies with him. I've never seen War Dogs. I saw Fantastic Four, which a lot of people didn't like. He, oh, but he was I'm, also in Whiplash. I've seen scenes of Whiplash, and it scares yeah. me. He's the the lead, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he he tries too hard. Uh, there's also a movie where he plays, for, for the boxing fans, Vinny Pazienza. The hell is Vinny Pazienza? He was a boxer. His heyday was really in the 80s, but he got into a car accident, broke his neck, oh. and then kind of worked his way back to become champion again. He was okay. told he wouldn't fight again, but then. who Did he, did he fight anyone of note? I'm guessing if he was champion, um, he had to. I feel like he, I don't know if he fought um, Sugar Ray Leonard or Roberto Duran, any of those guys. Okay. I mean, it probably would have been like kind of more the end of their run rather mm -hmm. than in line with his. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, so he played Vinny Pazienza, and, of course, he tried really, really hard, and it was noticeable and annoying. <laughs> and in this limited series, he's playing uh, Albert Ruddy, who was the producer of The Godfather. Like, he's basically the main guy who got it made. Okay. And I keep seeing Adam Scott on the um, – because I think I've, I know what you're talking about. Or is it – no, what? No, never mind. I've, I've, I have seen show. Miles Teller. That's another show. I've I seen Miles Teller. Scott. My bad. Yeah, I have seen him. Okay. Yeah, and Dan, Dan Fogler plays Francis Ford Coppola. I don't know who that is either. Have you seen um, – what was the one with the ping pong tournament? The comedy oh, with the ping pong tournament. Oh, okay. So he's in he's in Fantastic Beasts, which I've seen recently. But yeah, Balls of Fury. Balls of Fury. Which is one of yes. my favorite movies ever. Balls of Fury is so underrated. <laughs> with him, it's ridiculous. Uh, Michelle O and um and Christopher Walken. <laughs> and like uh, a really cool. I don't want to call it a cameo because he has a role, but Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Who is just who? Who is I think is kind of underrated. I know most people know him from uh, Reno Nine One One, but like he's actually pretty funny. <laughs> he's great in that movie. Terry Crews has a bit part too. But if you haven't seen Balls of Fury, please go watch it. Do yourself a favor. It's hilarious. It, it's, it's like Bloodsport, but with ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty apt. I, I agree. That's a good description. That's a good description. Um, I never realized that was oh, yeah. the same guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Randy Daytona. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Randy Daytona. That name. <laughs> oh God, who thinks of these names? <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, Coming so, down. Coming yeah, down. y'all, y'all can watch the offer if you want to. I've never even, um, I've never even seen The Godfather all the way through. Don't feel bad. I've never. I feel like people say like, if you're gonna watch The Godfather, go watch all three. You need like a week off. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's a. I, I was about to say a mix. There is an edit that HBO has done where it's the first two, like together. On um, take out all the extra stuff. I guess it's really long though. It's like I think when I looked, it was like six hours. Oh, that sounds like the full first two. Yeah, together. it's pretty long. <laughs> It's um, and I know someone's like, well, people who know me know that I've watched the Snyder Cut like three times, so I, <laughs> just four hours. So I should be able to watch, you know. But I agree, like to watch that, that's like a day of work. You got to call out. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just like, oh, tonight we're gonna watch Godfather one and two. No, you're calling out. That's <laughs> that's a, a shift. <laughs> Yikes. So um, let's get into some music news. Even though we've been, uh, we haven't done an episode for a couple weeks. Not a whole lot's been going on that I could think of. Um, let's get to this one first, because uh, I, I I wanted to hear if you, uh, if you could expand on your perspective. Uh, there is an a- uh, an Astro World documentary <clears throat> being produced. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and um, too soon. Yeah, um, you know what? I'm gonna blame Bill Simmons. I'm gonna blame Bill Simmons because. Um, there was this huge boom in documentaries after the 30 for 30 series. And I know he, that was his brainchild and like documentaries have gotten like people are putting more money behind them and, and they're just going back and they just went back and covered like everything you can think of. It's almost like if you can think of it, there's a freaking documentary for it. And like, as a result, we've run out of things to talk about. So like, we started doing things, and I know people are like, well, didn't you guys talk about the doc, the Firefest documentary? That's different. I feel like that's that different. Was, that was at least, that was what, like two years later? Yeah, it was, it, was, later it was some time. After it happened? Yeah. You, could you have let months. more? Yeah, you could have let more time go by. But I feel like, you know, Fire Festival was just was begging for something. We had to get something. Yeah, six months since Astro happened. six months. Like, are... <sighs> Why not talk about the 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 Who concert that you that you mentioned where yeah. someone died, or talk about because um, they probably made a song about it um, when they had some people die at a concert. Like there's there's other events you can talk about where time has passed. Is there a documentary about the concert at Altamont? That's way more interesting than this. <laughs> uh, so this Hell's is... Angels, racism. That's great. You know, that's <laughs> it's uh, being made by Charlie Men. Um, it's called Concert Crush. Oh, Jesus Christ. Really? Concert Crush? <sighs> so, of course, I... this is about the Astroworld disaster that mm-hmm. left 10 people dead. And uh, they, they of course, you got to gotta find the starting point. You got to go back to November 18th, 2018. When the guy got paralyzed? No. Oh, okay. Well, not that I know of with that, but November eighteenth, twenty eighteen, was Astroworld Day in Houston. Oh, the first. Okay. And yeah, 
So uh, Min, who directed and executive produced the documentary, reconstructs the night's events from phone footage and interviews with survivors. And it comes as attorneys and all parties in the suits are under a court gag order. And Live Nation alleges the film might influence a jury in advance. I could see that. I could see that. Definitely. Too soon. And as of right now, it is in theaters in Texas. Already? Yeah. Dude, so, okay, so if this if this truly happened this quickly, this had to be a night of things. Someone was like, yeah, we need to make a documentary. Get men on the phone. We're making this. We're making this documentary. And how, how do you solicit phone footage from the people who were there? Like, what, that's... what are we going to call it? Concert Crush. Brilliant, man. That's fucking brilliant. Let's do it. Like, no. And uh, Charlie, he's also he also did a documentary about the mass shooting in Las Vegas. Do you remember that? Yeah, um, the uh, the country concert. Yeah. Why? Why so soon? I I don't know, man. I I I do agree that it's too soon. Um, and I kind of have a feeling that uh, Chris Jenner's behind this in some way. <laughs> You think so? Yeah. Because it, like like you said, like they they had to start working on this the night it happened. Yeah. Um and then if you're gathering all the video footage from the people who were there and getting accounts from people who were there, it takes a long time to coordinate co- coordinate those things. Yeah. Like um Take the uh, the the last dance documentary about the Bulls. Mm-hmm. It was a ten part series, but it took. Um, well, they started filming. I mean, they they were working on a documentary back in 1998 with a you know with all the unseen footage that we saw, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until 2016 <clears throat> that they went into production to get all to do all the interviews. Yeah. And then it was released in 2020. So just from starting the production of it, that's four years. Yeah. To put it all together. You had this together in six months. If you want to I really be feel like substance. it's gonna be trash. Yeah. If you want to be upset, and there's gonna be time. a lot of there's gonna be a lot of inconsistencies and inaccuracies and 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 then while the while the lawsuit is ongoing. Yeah. It'll age like milk. It will. But I mean, the same thing can be said about TV shows. I mean, hell, I just finished watching The Dropout, which is about Elizabeth Holmes, who literally, as the show was ending, was had, was just being found guilty. <laughs> like this, you know, we crush about about we work. It's just this demand for content. We've run out of things to talk about, so like we got to talk about the latest. Um, uh, see what they uh. What other documentaries he's done? He's he's done a lot of them. The Kids of Santa Fe, the largest unknown mass shooting. Uh, in 2018, a student at Santa Fe High School executed 10 people and wounded 13 others. All right, so one about a school shooting. Miracle on 4th Street, which is about a mass shooting. I'm sensing a likes tragedy. Charlie Men <laughs> noticing a trend. 
There's one called Seven Murders a Day. I'm not even going to click on that one. Oh God. Who uh... shot Colosio? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to find out. There's one just called Nine Fifteen. It's probably the time. Which 20. is about a shooting in a Walmart. The Thirteenth Man. What do you think? Someone who got shot, mass shooting. What's well, your guess? Let's see. Thirteenth Man. Maybe a sports reference. Twelfth Man is football. Thirteenth Man. How many people are you on? You are very close. Soccer. This it is a uh, football. The Thirteenth oh, Man is a documentary about the tragic Texas A&M bonfire collapse that left twelve. I remember man. when that happened. Oh goodness. There's one called Stuck in Tijuana. There's one called Parkland. Parkland? Yeah. As in like the, Florida? Yeah. Jeez, dude. Uh, there's one called One October, A Nightmare in Las Vegas. Um, About that shooting in Las Vegas. Seven Murders a Day might be the most on the nose. <laughs> I don't want to click on it, but like that's still on the, like how many murders a day? Seven. Like that's just like, oh, okay, okay. So uh, Charlie Men does this, and a nightmare. In Los I, I hope he is in therapy <laughs> because he there, is. This is a nightmare. Let's crush his part two. Part two. There's a part two. One wasn't enough. <laughs> this guy is. Oh man, sixteen banners looks like that could be something that's positive. Yeah. So that's about. An intense look at the storied high school basketball tradition of Hobbs High School. That's cool. Let me just make sure nobody died. Yep, nobody died. Bullets at the border. <laughs> that sounds like a band name. Uh, murder capital of the world. Give it up for that's bullets at the odd. border. Ah. <laughs> Oh God! The murder capital of the world is very on the nose. <laughs> They're playing with at the. Oh wait, <laughs> you remember you've heard of seven murders a day? How about eight murders a day? <laughs> I want to meet this guy. That like, how do you do this, man? Yeah, man. Um, are, are you? Uh, does someone have you on speed dial? Whenever <laughs> there's a tragedy. Yeah, they're just like I got the perfect guy in mind. He from the makers of Seven Murders a Day and Eight Murders a Day, <laughs> and the visionary behind <laughs> uh, Bullets at the Border. <laughs> oh man, I could totally see that. Uh, and the fact that I've never heard of any of these, that does not give me hope that this documentary will be any good. It is being rushed. It, it's it's kind of like for those who know about blockbuster, it's that. It, this is a, a mock buster <laughs> where instead of Pacific Rim, it's Atlantic Rim. Or instead of uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Abraham Lincoln Zombie Slayer or something like that. Oh, one, of those, yeah. one of those asylum movies. There's a whole channel for them on Pluto. <laughs> yeah. Figures. Um, so I'm I'm not looking forward to this. I can't say that I'm looking forward to this. Um, that means we'll be covering it in a year. I'm still, I'm still kidding. I don't want to see this. I have no desire. It's probably we might, but it, we have to like. I'd have to like hear good reviews from trusted uh, film critics. Right now, it has <laughs> no ratings on um, IMDb. Um. Anyway, um, 
let's get to some more interesting and some more interesting news in which we aren't making such dark jokes. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has a new class. Woo! Uh, so, um, let's see if we can look at this article. Possibly the nicest woman in country music. <laughs> the nicest woman in country? Oh, a Dolly yeah. Parton, who yeah. has, I guess, now decided to accept her, uh, accept her induction. Yeah. Um, happy for her. Let's look at this article here. I'm trying to see the so it has the whole list. Here we go. So, in the performer category for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we have Pat Benatar. We have Duran Duran. We have Eminem. In his first year of eligibility. First ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, that means the the rule is, for those who aren't sure, it is you're eligible to your debut, uh, debut album, basically. So, to 1997... So that means infinite counted. <laughs> not not the not the Slim Shady LP, which everyone knows about him. Yeah. <laughs> but they counted infinite <laughs> as the first album. As soon as they could, they wanted him in here. <laughs> they they they're watching the clock. <laughs> see see, we like hip hop. <laughs> Let me stop. He deserves it. I'm using that as a joke. He deserves it, but that's just funny how fast they, they got him in. They there. stretched it yeah. to get him in there. Um, the Eurythmics are in. Dolly Parton, technically a first-time nominee, but as the story trying. goes, she had been <laughs> rejecting being inducted because just basically doesn't care for that kind of thing. They've been knocking on her door for years. <laughs> <laughs> she was not answering. <laughs> For those who watch the uh, any how the Pro Football Hall of Famers get inducted is the 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 guy. Well, he was the like the president of the Hall of Fame. He just retired, mm-hmm. but he would go to their house okay. and knock on their door. If you get the on the day of, you get the knock, then you're in. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so that was that was the thing. You you would listen for the knock. I wonder um, if they did that to Dolly Parton. Just doo, 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 doo. <laughs> she not wasn't this answering. Year, not this year. <laughs> she see the the ring camera like eh, mm-hmm. nah. Uh, I'm not here. <laughs> I'm working nine to five. <laughs> corny. Sorry, that was corny. <laughs> uh, one of our previous uh, subjects, Lionel Richie, first time nominee. Um, but uh, the his. His self-titled, I think on the episode I kept calling it Truly, but it had that song on there, but it was actually a self-titled, mm-hmm. his debut, um, was like 1979, 19, no, it was like 1981. Yeah. Because this one was like, because uh, Can't Slow Down was like right after. Yeah, a year after. <laughs> um, So he was a first-time nominee, and Carly Simon who I thought was in already. I figured, I, yeah, I figured she would have been in. Well, the next person you're looking at as well, probably, I would have figured they were in as well. But yeah. So that's in the performer category. Well, and there's then, one other you missed. Judas Priest. Oh, they were listed here under the Musical Excellence Award. Oh, they okay. Well, the page I'm on, they didn't, did not. Um, what page are you on? I'm looking at. Uh, I think this is a local. Oh, okay. Local news. I will defer then because they didn't. <laughs> they had. I thought they just have everyone like lumped together. 
So in the music, so the performer is for the category honors bands and solo artists who have created music in their careers with originality, impact, and influence that has changed the course of rock and roll. The Musical Excellence Award is the category honoring non-performing industry officials who have had a major influence on the creative development and growth of rock and roll music that has impacted youth culture. And that is Judas Priest and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. One of these is not like the other. <laughs> Judas Priest was actually a That's weird. They're not. Okay. They're, they're banned. They're banned. Yeah, I don't So get they it. are performers. Um, but I think like last year, LL Cool J was in this, got the Musical Excellence Award. That's weird. And like, I mean, I know he's on whatever one of those NCIS shows, but <laughs> <laughs> one of the in music, he was he was an artist. So good for um, Le- for Jam and Lewis. Good for them. Uh, it would have it would have been great if. Like Janet Jackson was also inducted because mm-hmm. she's been a semifinalist or finalist a few times. Okay, I didn't know. I thought I figured she was in it too, but she is not in. She's still not in. No. Um, and for the Early Influence Award, which are honors artists, musicians, songwriters, and producers whose originality and influence creating music have made a dramatic impact on the industry, Harry Belafonte and Elizabeth Cotton. I know Harry. Don't know Elizabeth. Um, could you pull her up? To find out who that is. Mm-hmm. And the Ahmet Erdogan Award, which is uh, represents artists, musicians, songwriters, and producers whose originality and influence creating music have had a dramatic impact on music. That is Alan Grubman, Jimmy Iovine, and Sylvia Robinson. Now, we know about Jimmy Iovine. Mm-hmm. Um, so was this, did he push to have infinite so Eminem could be in this year, the same time as him. Uh, and Sylvia Robinson uh, is, uh, well, first, Alan Grubman is an entertainment lawyer. And uh, he is the first practicing attorney to be inducted. Uh, not sure who he's represented exactly. Uh, oh, his clients have included Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, U2, John Mellencamp, Rod Stewart, P. Diddy. Hmm. Uh, Luther Vandross, Elton John, J-Lo, Mariah Carey, and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, and Sylvia Robinson is uh, a record producer, and I think she had Sugar Hill Records. She is dubbed the mother of hip-hop. Um, she signed... Um, she was the one who brought us Rapper's Delight, Sugar okay. Hill Gang, and The Message, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Oh, she, was, she was a producer? She she was a, yeah, I think she, oh, pro- wow. she produced it or it was on her label. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she produced Rapper's Delight. Props to her. And as far as The Message, she might have produced that too. Yes, she did. And it was on her label, I believe. Okay. Um, what uh, was the label? Sugar Hill, yeah, Sugar Hill Records. So it looked as if Elizabeth Cotton, um, she's an old blues singer, folk and blues singer, uh, played guitar as well. Died in 87, so way, way back in the day. All right. So um, so the, uh, of course, with, I don't know when this started exactly, but there, the, you can't, uh, there was a fan vote. 
It's and closed, I think, though, unfortunately. So the top five performers, uh, are the top five vote-getters, uh, were all inducted. Duran Duran, Eminem, Pat Benatar, The Eurythmics, okay. and Dolly Parton. Um, she wanted, uh, Dolly Parton, who wanted to drop out of the induction process, she said she would accept if she was selected. She said, I will accept gracefully. I will just say thanks, and I'll accept it because the fans vote. But when I said that, it was always my belief that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was for the people in rock music. And I found out lately that it's not necessarily that. Very true. But if they can't <laughs> go there to be recognized, where do they go? So I just felt like I'd be taken away from someone that maybe deserved it, certainly more than me, because I never consider myself a rock artist. But obviously, there's more to it than that. And um, Damn it, stop being so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to take anyone's spot. Like, <laughs> You know, some people have, some people uh, go against that. Um, they go against the, um, you know, that it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, you know, do hip hop artists belong? Yeah. Do jazz artists belong? Mm-hmm. You know, um, do certain like pop songwriters belong, that kind of thing. Uh, so the probably se- selecting a hip hop artist like Run DMC might make sense because a lot of their early stuff was rock influence. Very rock influence. But w- someone like um, recent rap, recent hip hop artists like Tupac and now Eminem and LL Cool J, Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Do I mean though as hip hop artists should they be considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And I understand how like it's kind of spread out with genres because while there is the VH1 Hip Hop Honors, uh, oh, <laughs> do they even do that anymore? I have no clue. They give uh, up on stuff quick. Uh, you know, so there's that, but. There's no, I mean, there's a, there's probably a, a hip hop music hall of fame and a pop music hall of fame, but they're not the, like the rock and roll hall of fame was looked at as like these are the best of, of of all time, and you know it's, it, these are the ones who had the most impact on how rock music and pop music moved forward. So. Um, let, I see here that there's the breakdown of the voting, which ended last Friday. Mm. Uh, so the top five, I said, were inducted. Judas Priest, who was inducted under the musical excellence, they finished sixth. That's just so weird. Uh, seven was Carly Simon. Uh, Lionel Richie was eighth. Devo was ninth. <laughs> and then uh, tenth was Kate Bush. 11, Rage Against the Machine. 12, Dionne Warwick. 13, A Tribe Called Quest. 14, The New York Dolls. 15 was Beck. 16 was MC5. And number 17, Fela Kuti. Interesting. Okay, Fela Kuti's an interesting one. Um, I think Beck will make it in there. We'll probably wonder why we didn't get him in there sooner. If not for his, I know he's not as big as he used to be, but like he's consistently put out like really creative work. Like he doesn't care about being famous anymore. He's just like, yeah, just want to make the best music that I can. <laughs> it's just like, and it's just all over the place typically. Like he'll go from 
from rock to like electronic pop music, I think was the Colors album that I really liked. I don't even remember the one that he won. I didn't even hear the one he won for um for album of the year. Yeah, I didn't hear that one. I think it was like a indie acoustic. Um, I bet he pulled it off well. Yeah, he does whatever he wants. He's. I just I do often wonder how big he could have been if he wanted to be that. Yeah, and didn't just want to like just make what he liked. I, I'm very curious because I I think like we're people these days not young people don't know who he was and I'm trying to think of who you can compare him to, but I can't really think of anyone right now. Well, as far as like he was just genre so comfortable. Bending. Yeah, he was just comfortable anywhere, and yeah. you could tell he really respected you know whatever wherever he was he respected it. So yeah. Um. So it's. It's kind of like, are we running out of artists that should be inducted? I, I feel like there's those who have not been inducted and they should be in. Where is Matchbox 20? I'm kidding. But no, I, th- <laughs> I, I don't think we'll ever run out because there's just so many. Like, we're watching. I mean, both of you and I thought that Carly Simon would have been in there yeah. by now. So I feel like there's those people that every now and then they'll just, you know, they'll pop up and they'll be like, oh, wow. You know, and, and then I remember that one year. We did the episode with Matt, and we happened to be reviewing the same topic, and Kraftwerk was getting in there. Yeah. I'd never even heard of them. But, like, you know, there's always going to be the people that, you know, the huge influences that you just, you've been waiting for them to get in there. Maybe they're not as big, but they're, you know, like your favorite rapper's rapper or your favorite rock band's rock band, stuff like that. And then the big ones who just, you're like, how the heck are they not in there? Um, Like a Carly Simon or like, I was going to say the New York Dolls, not the New York Dolls, a Tribe Called Quest maybe. Um, you know, we know that they've made consistently good music from the get in. Yeah, so it's um uh it's here like who has the they have the fullest um Oh and by the way, the last hip hop honors uh was in twenty seventeen. Yeah, they don't do anything. It ain't coming back, yeah. Um so it uh there's it's that conversation every year about institutes rock and roll music, but it's really pop music. I mean, it's probably just rock and roll was really like the first term, and it's the one that yeah. it's it's catchy. <laughs> I heard someone that's at one point say more than a, a genre of music is like an attitude. Yeah, um, and I can I can roll with that. I mean, I feel like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has become the de facto music Hall of Fame. Um, if it makes them feel better, I don't think that NSYNC or Boys to Men are getting in anytime soon. If that makes people feel good. Are Boys to Men in there already? I'm, I'm only egg in my face. If, okay. They're not in. Like, I can't imagine people wanting to vote them in. They're probably, you, you probably want like edgy acts, you know? Yeah. So. The clean cut R&B. Um, New kids on the block ain't getting in. No. You know. The the boy bands aren't getting in. Yeah. Not at all. The closest you get is the Beatles and the Jackson Five. Yeah. Don't say they're a boy band in the wrong in mixed company in the wrong company, man. <laughs> Somebody might try to fight you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so rest assured, guys, it's it's it is there is an attitude that comes along with rock and roll, and these artists kind of you know embody that. Um. So, uh, just one more piece of news here. Um. Taylor Swift may be working on a new album, like a new material, Jeez. not a Taylor's version. Jeez, woman. Like, she, <laughs> she's 
she she's putting out a lot of content. Like she just must write all she just like just constantly. Uh, she was at the uh, well, she was at the Met Gala, and they thought she might announce a new album there. Um. Uh, no. Well, nothing was announced there. I guess she was there. They so they think a new album's coming. So to put this in perspective, because I know she did the double event. She released folklore and then like a few months later came out with ever that was her ninth album she's what 33 yeah what the hell man like <laughs> and, they, and they we're not like eps or like no this is her ninth studio album yeah. evermore that's an the lp kind yeah of <laughs> sit down taylor you're good like you're you're cool we get it you like to make music <laughs> That's um, a lot of music, man. So, yeah. Uh, so, before we get to the charts, um, Ben, why don't you tell us about the cover song of the week? Yeah, I've been so emo recently. Um, so, um, Joanna, I don't know who this is, but I was just looking up covers of the song Screaming Infidelities because it takes me back to like my freshman year of college slash um, senior year of high school. If you haven't seen the unplugged of Dashboard Confessional doing this, it really is a moment in pop history when emo was literally just everywhere. If you weren't there, I think it's kind of hard to understand. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, you the whole room is singing this song, which I don't think usually like at those unplugs, people are kind of quiet. They just kind of sit back and it's literally the whole crowd is singing along. Um, but in any case, I heard 75% of them are crying yeah. <laughs> as they say, because <laughs> it's emotional. Um, but I heard this, co- I found this cover cause I was just looking for covers of it. Cause as much as I liked the original, I thought that there were some things that you could do to that song to make it sound bigger. Cause I just love production and those things I'm thinking of, she kind of does here and no offense to Chris Caraba. She is a better singer as well. So I think it's. I've been listening to it a lot lately, so yeah. I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, this is "Screaming Infidelities" by Joanna, and we'll be right back. Missing your bed, I never sleep. Footing the spots, we'd have to speak, and this bottle of beast is taking me home. I'm cuddling close to blankets and sheets, and you're not alone. Turn out the screen Make sure I know who's taking you home I'm reading your note Over again There's not a word That I comprehend Except when you sound it I love you always And forever But
That is Screaming Infidelities by Joanna. Cover of the Dashboard Confessional uh, Emo Standard. Yeah, if there's a standard, this is, if there's a real book, this is in there. (laughs) And uh, I realize I still haven't made a cover song of the week playlist on Spotify, but maybe by the time you hear this podcast, it might exist. (laughs) Maybe. Um, (laughs) So let's get to the uh, charts here. The Billboard Hot 100. And number one this week. I know we haven't done an episode in a couple of weeks. Number one this week is As It Was by Harry Styles. I need to check that song out. I'm hearing mixed reviews. It sounded like something I heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like if it's... Uh... Actually, I felt I, when I first heard it, I thought it sounded like a song that The Weeknd threw away. Mm. Um, but... Because Harry Styles, he's good looking and all that, whatnot. Uh, Those directioners, <laughs> they're, they're they're still around. Pound for pound, dude, they out here still dominating. <laughs> um, number two, which debuted at number one uh, on our last uh, episode, uh, First Class by Jack Harlow, with a sample of uh, Fergie's "Glamorous." Starting to get some more play too. So, "Glamorous" is uh, number three. Heat Waves by Glass Animals. Uh, number, uh, it's still, it's going, it's it's like getting stronger. Like, it, it finally got to number one. Mm-hmm. And this song has been out for over a year. Yeah. Uh, number four, Big Energy by Lotto. Song that samples Mariah Carey's Fantasy slash Genius oh, of Love by Tom Tom okay. Club. That's that one, okay. Number five, Enemy by Imagine Dragons and J.I.D. Number six, Stay by The Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber, having more staying power than uh, <laughs> Easy On Me. Number seven, Woman by Doja Cat. Number eight, Ghost by Justin Bieber. Number nine, Super Gremlin by Kodak Black. And number 10, That's What I Want by Lil Nas X. Let's look at the albums. Number one, debuting at number one, and I've heard a lot of good things, but I think it's just because um, people like hearing references to drugs. Um, oh, it keeps saying like they can't find it. Yeah, that's what well. I'm number one <laughs> is uh, "It's Almost Dry" by Pusha T, debuting at number one, and number two, for what I can see. Is dangerous the double album by Morgan Wallen. So what there's some on? award show recently that they they agreed to let him come back to. I can't remember what it is. I didn't realize. So they were like a year to the day. I didn't realize that happened last year. Yeah. Jeez, I would have thought as much as it was talked about, I would have thought it happened years ago. But um, yeah, he's gonna be on yeah the Billboard Music Awards. So. I guess they're like, he can't be denied. The, the people's chant, can't be denied. Can't be denied. That's that's just insane. I mean, at this point, he's like, <laughs> if this was Rocky Four, and his Russia is a black neighborhood, and because of his, like, he wouldn't give up, they start, more again, more again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, okay, I got it to come up now. If you um, haven't seen Rocky Four, go see that to get that <laughs> reference. 
Number three is 7220 or 7220. I'm not sure how it's marketed, but Lil Dirk. Number three this week. Number four, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Fresh off her Grammy or Grammys, I think. I can't I think she won two, maybe. A pop in a Best New Artist. Number five, the Encanto soundtrack. <clears throat> Still not talking about Bruno. Um, I've seen like some TikToks and reels where if you just start playing the song in front of a five-year-old, they start singing along. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Number six is Planet Her by Doja Cat. Number seven, Certified Lover Boy by Drake. Debuting at number eight, Georgia by Jason Aldean. Number nine, DS Forever by Gunna. And number 10, My Turn by Lil Baby. And let's look at the uh, Artist 100. Number one this week, Doja Cat. <laughs> look at that number two. <laughs> and number two, the People's Champ. The People's Champ, Morgan Wallen. Will not be denied. So if that happened a year ago, that album has not left the top 10 since. No. It, it it really hasn't. That is insane. That man will not be denied. <laughs> Does he need to make another album like ever at this point? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how he is as an artist and if he just has that desire to make an album, but like if you're his record label at this point, you're you're happy. You're like, yeah, bro, you cool. Just keep just keep riding this wave. <laughs> just keep riding. I feel like once it falls outside of the top ten at any point, there's gonna be like a re-release immediately. Oh, with bonus tracks and everything. <laughs> Dangerous the double album, the redemption edition. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm trying to who is he signed to? I don't even know who he's signed to. I don't. I don't either. Because he came from the Voice. Uh, okay, Pansia Records. Who are they under? I have you? no clue. Let me see here. Billy Ray and who? Are the, who are the hell are these people? Is he still on there? Uh, let's see. Oh, they're part of uh, Big Loud, I think. Okay. Well, now he's on. Now it looks like he's on. Yeah, Big Loud Republic. Yeah. That might have been, they might have released his first album and then they just kind of sent him on his way. Pansia. So, I've never heard well, of Big Dub, Loud. Dub, uh, Dangerous is on Big Loud and Republic. And so is his first album as well. His first, I guess his first full-length album. Because it looks like he had an EP before that. But If You Know Me, which is his first album, was also Big Loud. So, um, them fellas over at Big Loud are mighty happy. Let's say that much. And, uh... I don't know. Like I said, we might have we might have to do an episode on this album. I, we got to bring somebody on for that, though. Yeah, yeah, we do. Florida uh, Georgia Line is also on this record label, so they're just they've been having a pretty big decade over the past decade, man. And this album has the longest duration for being in the number one <laughs> spot on the country albums chart: fifty four weeks and counting. I bet if you're like another person releasing a country album, like what the hell do I have to do? They're like, well, you could drop an end bomb. Like, what else can I do? <laughs> it's crazy. And Nelly's standing over there like, I just did that. <laughs> but it's not edgy. It doesn't get the people going. <laughs> uh, number three on this artist 100, uh, Ed Sheeran. Number four, Harry Styles. Number five, Luke Combs. Number six, The Weeknd. Number seven, Jack Harlow. 
Number eight, Lil Baby. Number nine, unranked last week, but he has a new album, Pusha T. And number ten is Drake. And of these not of these ten artists, Pusha T is the only one who has never been ranked number one at any point. Mm. On the chart for four weeks. I like Pusha T. He's good. I like him. <clears throat> who's who's the other guy in 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 clips? <laughs> Malice. malice. Well, now, now he's he's known as No Malice because no he, he went and found Jesus. Oh, that's good for him. So he don't rap no more. Is he rapping for the Lord? <laughs> I want to say he does Christian rap, okay. but I'm not sure. He might just be a a preacher. I wonder how their relationship is. Oh, he's still rapping. Um, but he was he is now known he is known as No Malice. And does he, um, hmm. yeah, that, that went back to 2011 when he changed it to no malice, converted to Christianity, wrote a book. Um, <clears throat> he was scared of contracting AIDS. Um, he's worked with Lecrae. Good for but, him. Good for him. So he's, he's doing stuff. So I guess he doesn't do things off the Lord. Oh, he still, and he still works with Kanye. So oh. there you go. Um, so yeah, that's about it for the music news, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Ben, tell us about your era of the week. More emo. Um, so this is a group called Mom Jeans. Yes, that is their name. Um, name of this song is Scott Pilgrim versus My GPA. Very classic emo song titles. Just love them. Um, up there with one of my other favorites, I'm a loner, Dottie, I'm a rebel by the Get Up Kids. But um, emo apparently is making a resurgence. Thank you to TikTok and its algorithm for guiding me there. Um, this band is newer, um, but a lot of these newer emo bands are going back and doing um, emo in the style of the second wave of emo. So Get Up Kids, Saves the Day, stuff like that um, that I really like. And um, I love this song and there's there's a trumpet in it. So, you know. That's always cool. All right. So this is Scott Pilgrim <laughs> versus my GPA <laughs> by Bomb Jeans. I feel like they got that from a emo song generator. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, and we'll be right back. It's hard for me to see exactly where the hell I went wrong. Never thought I'd see the day we wouldn't get along. You think I smoke too much? I think your friends all suck. Can't figure out the reason why your parents fight so much. But I've given up on love. But I. Back to our old place. It's 
probably locked up anyway I bet it still looks the same as when I ran away that day Doesn't matter That is Scott Pilgrim versus My GPA by Mom Jeans. Mom Jeans, period. Be exact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and their album called Best Buds. <laughs> uh, I love it, man. I'm known, I guess I would technically be known as Elder and Elder Emo. That's what they refer to themselves as on TikTok. They're telling <laughs> Elder Emo to check this band out, so. Um, looking at some of their other song titles, uh, Girl Scout Cookies, <laughs> Sobs Quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they've got all the emo tropes. I love it. Edward Forty Hands. Okay. Edward Forty Hands. Oh, God. I was surprised I didn't get sued by Tim Burton over that one. Well, if it was Scissor Hands, they maybe. Maybe. I'm surprised he didn't try, though. He's like, you know, like, can I? You know, like, <laughs> is there enough? Um, so, yeah, you can check that out on uh, BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now on Spotify. Okay, so we started the, uh, we started this episode with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the song, No More, parenthesis, I'ma do right. By 3LW, uh, by three women who have gone on, three little women who went on to become stars in their own right in some way. Three uh, little women, yes. <laughs> uh, I know Abe was a fan of Naturi Naughton. Uh, at this point, I think she was still like 16 at the time. Um, I have no clue what they're doing right now. Well, she's on power. She's Tasha. Oh, okay. She's on power. Okay. Um, I know Adrian Malone was on The Real. And I know that because whenever I go get a haircut, uh, it's in that <clears throat> that late morning range <laughs> where The Real, which has now been canceled, and The View and or Wendy Williams is on the TV. Um, oh, Adrian. Oh, okay. 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 I remember her. Because she was in The Cheetah Girls. Yes. Okay. And so was the other one, uh, Kelly. Okay. I don't know if it's Keely or Kelly. I don't know. Um, Did one of them marry Israel Houghton? That was Adrian. Okay, yeah. okay. I I guess I forgot that she was in both. But okay, gotcha. And Kelly or Keely. Uh, <clears throat> the last thing I remember her, her in, because I'm sure she's done stuff since then, was she was in Stomp the Yard 2. Oh, God, I didn't see Stomp the Yard 2. I was an extra in Stomp the Yard 2. Oh, word? Yeah, I was one of the few extras that actually got paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, all right. Someone is just now finding out. Um, breaking news, everyone. Um, apparently, noted 
relationship uh, advisor and podcaster Kevin <laughs> Samuels uh, died this morning. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so did you know Thrill W was in NBA Street? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah they were a team. team. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's a good game. It's a good game. That's how big they were, y'all. <laughs> they were in a video game. Um, that was that was kind of an interesting, like accolade to have being in a video game as an artist yeah. to be in a sports video game. I know for a while there, when um, 2K every year was putting in different celebrities, like I know. Justin Bieber was in there one year. Snoop Dogg, uh, Wale, Wale. I want to think Chris Brown might have been in there one year too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, the reason why we started this episode with Three O W a couple of months ago, we did an episode of uh, our Cuz Five boy band songs. So why don't we do Because Five girl group songs? Hey oh, and here we are. So. For those who don't know the rules or the parameters or the format of this type of episode, we pick five songs. Why? Because five. Yeah. And we pick two more songs each as an excuse to play more music. <laughs> so, um, Ben, as customary, you go first. <laughs> so righty dighty. Your so, first honorable mention. Um, First honorable mention is Rain by SWV. This one is an R&B classic, quite possibly their best song. Some people might say, right here, Human Nature Remix. I would challenge those people who say that, to see, have you heard the original, the album cut? It's very different, very different. But <clears throat> I really, really like this song. Um, beautiful beat, it's got the rain in the background. The snare kind of sounds like a mix between like a snare hit and a raindrop falling. Um, the video, of course, to me was classic. It used to come on BET. They're sitting in the rain, um, in a rainforest. All in like most of them, I think they're in green. As the rain comes down behind them. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, it was over 20 years later in which I found out the song that they sampled. Oh, word? They sampled the song yeah, Portrait, Portrait of, of Tracy. Tracy. By Jaco Pistorius. You know what? I take that. Well, no, I think I learned. I figured it out in college um, because the bass player that I played with um, was a huge Jaco fan. <laughs> so um, he would warm up playing that song. And I was just like, oh, that's the freaking, like, that's the SWV song. And he was like, no, that's Portraits of Tracy. And then it clicked. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a sample. Because, I mean, this is a very, this was sampled by many artists. Um, yeah. So. I, I didn't even I didn't know until I saw the documentary. Okay, I still haven't seen that doc. Good, recommend. I recommend it. It's still on Netflix. Okay. Um, I know this isn't related to SWV, but the the um there's a lot committed to the the friction between him and I think it's Joe Zwano, the leader of Weather Report. Okay. Um, and then him making his own albums, and he wanted to start an album with. The, I'll talk to you about it later. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good documentary, also. Okay, but um, this is one of those like it, this was kind of like the right song for a lot of 
prepubescent to teenage girls. Uh, <laughs> like just to like single and like yeah. it was like the songs like they all know yeah like if you ask Kendra she knows about this song I'm sure maybe so growing up there's a lot of her father was strict so there's a lot oh, of yeah it, so there right, was a lot of music to like kind of music yeah okay, like I understand. depending upon like if it had a resurgence in the in the mid 2000s when she went to college she would know it but sometimes I'll go back I think she knows this one but I know sometimes if I go too early, mid-90s, she's like, yeah, I, d- I wasn't allowed to listen to that. <laughs> okay. I did think this song had a sexual undertone. You think so? Yeah. Rain down on me? Oh, man. See? Little girls were singing this, See? man. <laughs> See? <laughs> Little girls were singing this. You See? <laughs> See? That would be a, this would be a TikTok trend. <laughs> 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 they would find a way to make it dirty, as they normally do. I forgot to change the background here. There we yeah. go. Love, 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 love this song. Um, funny fact, I did not know this until just now. Tyrese Gibson, I don't remember him being in the video. Um, I don't remember seeing the video. Ever. Yeah, I don't remember him in there, but he was in the video, and then, of course, he um, sings on Pulling Me Back later, which also samples this song, the the Chingy track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he gets in the bus, too. That's that's what, what was Was this... So he was in the video before he got on the bus with Coca-Cola. I think so, because that was late 90s, like maybe 98, 99. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, so uh, that's your first honorable mention. My first honorable mention is an 80s classic uh, associated with a movie that I don't think people know that there's an association with the movie. Uh, and that is Cruel Summer by Bananarama. Man, see, this is going to be one of those lists. It can be. <laughs> this is a song I, I didn't think about, but I love. Hold on, are you, are you talking about Karate Kid? Karate Kid. Yep, yeah. I didn't know this was on the soundtrack to Karate Kid. Yeah. I, I heard it, like, separately, all together. Yeah, they brought back a lot of the songs. I've seen the first two seasons. I, well, the first season and a half. Oh, of Cobra Kai? Of Cobra Kai. I haven't, I've watched yeah. the first episode. Only they first bring episode. back a lot of the songs from, yeah. Like that Young Hearts Beat Fast or something like that. Yeah. God, awful so song. Dumb. Yeah, they so brought it dumb. back. Like just throwing back stuff. Like, oh, you remember that from the movie? Oh, you remember that? Yeah. Around. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, my my memory of that always goes back to Randy Marsh on South Park getting in fights with people as they play that song. <laughs> it was great. Um, <laughs> imagine, though, if that was in, if that was in Rocky. Just imagine. <laughs> with this uh <laughs> oh God. with this song um it was in the karate kid of course and this was before like one of our i don't know maybe within the first year of the, of us doing this podcast we got an episode about about stock aiken and waterman yeah who did a lot of work with banana rama they did not produce this song yeah <laughs> this was before they started working with the hit factory yeah um I've also heard a cover of this song in the movie Blue Crush. Yeah, that had all the rap, the rapping on it too. Yeah, it, the, it was basically new metal. It was yeah, new metal. <laughs> it was. Um, I liked it though. I mean, it reminded me. Well, I, I, I yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It was like if um, the what's the Butterfly Group Crazy Town. Oh great, yeah. It was like if Crazy it sounded Town sounded like a cover. Crazy Town song. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. That. <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a cover of this I like, too, by this group called Downplay. It's a heavy metal version of it. Um, I just love this song. I know um, Ace of Bass covered this, too. Yes. They gave it some new life in the in the late 90s, I remember. 
Um, not a bad cover either. I mean, since they're synth pop, they really just stayed very faithful. To, it was almost like they're doing karaoke, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I just I love this song so good. Uh, I like the the synth bass with with the guitar, like combining like mm-hmm. elements like that, and you can make a good song like that. I agree. And then they got with the hit factory, they you know drum machines and synths, uh, <laughs> you know coming out of their ass. <laughs> uh, so that's my first honorable mention. Ben, what's your second one? All right. So this one was, what if that was released in '83? This was released just a couple years prior. Um, our lips are sealed by the Go Go's. Um, Actually, a late addition to the list after Greg mentioned them. I forgot how much I like this song. I feel bad even saying this, but what kind of made me rediscover my love for this song was the Fun Boy Three version. No, I didn't know they did a version, a cover. I'm, I'm. <laughs> this is worse. The Hillary <laughs> and Haley Duff cover of this. Oh my god. From yeah, <laughs> from from I don't know when the hell they released it, but. Wasn't it like what was the it was name of the movie, movie they did together? Our it was a movie they were in together. Yeah, that was okay. also the name of the movie. Um, I guess a big old fat check for the Go Go's and their publishing company. But I just I really like this song. Also got into a cover that Everclear did of this as well. Hmm. Um, it's not too bad. For some reason though, in the at the bridge, they really slowed down as if like they just couldn't keep the tempo and then they just speed back up. It was really weird. But this is um one of my all-time favorite bridges, it just kind of breaks down, has a nice little bass riff going um, with some falsetto vocals. Yeah, just, I just, and I just love that chorus. Like, just the way it, it kind of comes in, the chords are beautiful, some like seven chords in there. It's really like this song. It's, it's power pop at its finest, all girls. Um, I remember them talking about the song. Do you remember they're behind the music? Yes. Because I, 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 was finding out that oh these, they they were in these streets. They were wild. <laughs> they were. They, they, they were, talked about yeah. um, and they kind of said um, when they're talking about our lips are sealed. They said, "Which lips do you think we're talking about?" I was like, "Whoa, TMI." Yeah. So this was co-written by Jane Wheatland, uh, guitarist for the Go Go's, and Terry Hall, who's lead singer of the Specials and Fun Boy Three. Okay. So they wrote the song together because I think they were dating at the time. Okay. Yeah. I wonder uh, if, well, the, they had they were having an affair at the time. Was he with her when um, her house got broken into? I don't know. One of them, I think it was, I think it was Jane. I have to look into this. I heard, and in, in a shout out to the Rock and Roll um, Bedtime Stories podcast. If they ever hear this, they do like their episodes are always like this versus this. Those like the Go Go's versus Home Invasion, and one of them, <laughs> yeah, literally their home got broken into, and they were held hostage. It was like two members of the Go-Go's and another person. And when I think it was him, got held hostage for like hours. <laughs> like, and the co- they couldn't get the cops because there's some dude with a knife holding them hostage. They were afraid to get out. They Eventually, like, someone made a run for it and they got out. Um, but apparently, like, they could not stay in the house. Like, they had to get a hotel and stay there for like three months and just sold the house because they were afraid. Like, he might come back or whatever, but... Um, that was a really good episode, and I think that was him when he was one of the people that got held hostage at Knife Point. Uh, it uh, it might have been. Um, and uh, I'll play the 
the Fun Boy 3 version in which Jane Whelan describes it as great, but also it sounds gloomier. Uh, Fun Boy 3, where three guys from the specials broke off, formed their own band. Just uh, how we talked about with uh, the English beat, half of them broke off and formed General Public. The other half formed Find Young Cannibals. And it was Kathy Valentine, the bass player from the Go-Go's, who had the home invasion. Hmm. So the, that was your second honorable mention. My second honorable mention is a song you've already mentioned. Um, I like this version. I it's the it's yeah. So it's right here, the Human Nature Remix by SWV. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so have you heard the original? Yes. Okay. I I don't like it. I don't <laughs> this was when I think of this song th- this is the version yeah I hear. yeah didn't um isn't the SS double isn't that's for real right was I read it? somewhere that that's for I real think it, it might have been let's find out sounds like him. <laughs> it, yeah <laughs> it, it does sound like him um let's see da, 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 da. um yes that is for real. That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that was like one of his earliest credits. But yeah, I, I oh, love. So was that along with? Um, he wrote Teddy Riley's verse for Rump Shaker. Yeah, yeah. Well, like one of his first like vocal credits. Yeah. Um, I love this song, and it was it was it's a narrow choice. So as soon as we talked, we mentioned this topic. This was probably the first song that came to mind because <laughs> I love this song. Um, and I remember hearing it. My sister had the tape, the cassette tape. You were old. Had the cassette tape, and I remember <laughs> listening to it and just thinking it was so good because, of course, it's got Michael Jackson on it. And they, they got him in the video. And, well, they have, like, you know, um, not him, but, like, you know, the it video. It was like footage of Yeah, him. footage yeah. of Michael Jackson. He was alive, so I don't know why. Yeah. I guess he couldn't afford him, I guess. But, yeah. He was probably on tour. Props. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, more closer to... This version of the song is what Chris Brown sampled for his song, She Ain't You. Yeah. And um, and kind of, well, probably not so much. I, I think Nas on It Ain't Hard to Tell just sampled human nature in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it, the, the melody is recognizable because there's Michael Jackson, that connection. This is on the soundtrack to Free Willy, this version of the song. And um, I know it was a huge Steve Picaro gets credit writing credits. <laughs> I just, I, what, for I, human nature. I know. Yeah, I knew he nature. was. I just never thought about like, yeah, he gets writing credits on this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the song peaked at number two. So this is by far their biggest, their biggest song, I think. Oh, no. Week was a number one song. Have you ever, did you yeah. hear um, Craig David do his like semi cover of this? No, he does it. He there's a he's doing a live performance on some show. He sings Human like Nature. 
No, it was like some with the soundstage. It might have been oh. later with Jules Holland. I just can't remember. Mm. But it's just him and a guitar player. They start out playing human human nature, and then in the middle goes into this, does a couple of verses, and then goes back into human nature and finishes it. All time great performance. Um, I, I'm telling people he is more than just seven days and and uh, fill me in. Craig David is is legit. Uh, so that was my second honorable mention. Number five, Ben. All right. So I don't know if a lot of people are going to know this one, but um, there's a band back in 2003-ish, 2004-ish. So guess what? Our sophomore year of college um, called Lilix. <laughs> they were a part of that boom of pop rock music that was very kind of girl-driven because um, you had like, you know, Kelly Clarkson would catch that wave. The Veronicas would catch that wave. Um, and then you got Lilix. Are you remember Katie Rose? She caught yeah. that wave too. But Lilix caught that wave as well with their song, It's About Time. And um, <laughs> when you said Katie Rose, it reminded me of that scene in Mean Girls where they go to Regina's house. And they play that They Katie play that Rose song, song. And they're like... <laughs> Do you even know who this is? I'm like, I don't think anyone knows who that yeah, is anymore. No one knows who Katie Rose is. <laughs> no, do they care? Like, um, Katie Rose doesn't even know who she is anymore. <laughs> They're like, you're so uncool because you don't know Katie Rose. Like, nope. I feel like I'm probably one of the I'm probably one of ten people still listening to Overdrive in 2022 <laughs> by Katie Rose. <laughs> I might put that on TikTok for all I know, but. Um, yeah, it's about time. Um, one of my favorite songs. Um, this had to be on one of those CW shows, right? So I don't know if it was on the CW show, but they did. So you remember that Amanda Bynes show, Amanda Bynes and Jenny Garth, What I Like About You? Yeah. They did the okay. cover of that song for the I think, I think yeah. that was on the CW, actually. Yeah, it was on the CW. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Speaking of CW, it was on there. Yeah. Um, they're Canadian, of course. Um, but I just, I love this song. It's fun. The bass Wait, player sings. You said the they first are verse. Canadian. Yeah, they're Canadian. Okay. Because I'm thinking like, I feel like there's Avril Lavigne somewhere in here. So guess who produced it? <laughs> the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got a spot for the Matrix. There it is. So yeah, the Matrix helped produce. They produced and helped co-write it. Um, just really grabbing on to that pop rock. You know, I think the girl can rock. By um, Lizzie McGuire, not Lizzie McGuire, <laughs> Jesus, what's her name? Hillary Duff had kind of just come out too. So, like, Chick Rock, that Chick um, polished rock was really big at the time. Bass player sings the first verse, singer, sing- the lead singer sings the second verse. It's really funny because if you pay attention, like, you can really tell a difference. Like, she gets so melismatic on the second verse, like, she's trying to outshine. <laughs> it's like, we get it, you're the lead singer, we haven't forgotten. But um, I just really love this song. It's so fun. Um, I don't know. It's just got that push beat to it. I just, I really like it. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. Had a cute little video to it. All the girls singing and having fun because that's what you did in the early 2000s. If you're a chick playing music, you just bounce around having fun in a tank top or something. In slow motion? Yeah. No guitar solo, though, because they didn't believe in that. <laughs> But I still love this song. Oh, I love this song. Uh, I, I remember this song. I didn't know who the artist was. And this definitely sounds like uh, 
in the era of LimeWire and Napster and oh, Aries, yeah. it gets confused for Avalavine. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they're Canadian. The Matrix produced them. They were signed <laughs> to Maverick, so shout out to Madonna. Um, you don't hear about many artists signed to Maverick. I think it's like Atlantis Morissette and everybody else. Like, that's <laughs> that paid for everyone. For like <laughs> for like twenty years, yeah, a little pill, but um, yeah, I just I just I really like this song. I mean, and it, it was not a huge hit. I think it it peaked at thirty three on the mainstream top forty. I don't even know if it made it to the Hot one hundred. Nah, it didn't. So this was this was around the time though where the the video mattered. The video could move units. So the fact that I'm sure to them play on MTV probably mattered more than. You know, just like over oh, on the radio, Even get on MTV. It, it has a it has a VH1 feel to it. It does, it does. And I see here someone was uh, was comparing it to saying that it could have been on, um, which I feel like we should cover this one day. That why that um, why can't I album by Liz Fair? Yeah, I know a lot of also people hate that album. The Matrix. The Matrix. <laughs> a lot of people hate that album, man. And a lot of and she said herself, "I'm sick of not being famous. I just want to make an album where I just." Everyone likes it. The, the admittedly sellout album. And it's funny because immediately she gets on VH1 and it. But why can't I will not go away? <laughs> it's ever on the radio. It's like Liz Fair knew what she was doing, so don't be mad at her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was number five. Number five. Okay, so my number five um, is actually this one. I had something else skewed up I did not mean to. Um, I don't know if you had this artist is well. I think you do. You have a different song. Okay, but this is, I feel like, well, this is my favorite song and maybe their best song. But difference of opinion, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Um, total, can't you see featuring the Notorious B.I.G. Rest in peace. Sampling the payback by James Brown, which is a very very popular sample in hip hop. Yeah, but you can just tell from that phase that that phased wild guitar, such a famous sample. And in the early days, you know, if if James Brown came out maybe like twenty years later after he did, then like I don't know if his estate's in trouble or anything or what kind of royalties they get out of hundreds, maybe thousands of songs that sampled James Brown. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's so easy, too, though. Like, it just fits yeah. a lot of things. I mean, he was one of the first rappers, basically. Yeah. So uh, he's definitely part of that culture. Um, but I think this song also kind of showed the vision that Diddy actually had. Um, as far as, like, this R&B sensibility, but it's very smooth and polished that's what he wanted Biggie to to be, mm-hmm. ultimately. Like he was inspired by black exploitation films. This kind of transfer over to the other artists he worked with: Mary J. Blige, Faith Evans, Total. Um, and I want to see if uh, I feel like Missy had something to do with this. Wouldn't be so. I had the. Let me pull up. I have a thing here. Um. Uh. No. Yeah, she so did not. yeah, the hitman. Well, Rashad Smith of the hitman, Chucky yeah, Thompson. Yeah, Chucky Thompson. Yeah. But okay. I mean, I hear you though. It sounds like she could have 
been on this. I know she was she worked with them a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um this is uh <laughs> Was this their first single? Oh, this is their first single. Yes. This is this a very strong very first, first single. single. Wow. Uh, I was on the New Jersey Drive soundtrack. And in the video, which I don't recall ever seeing, Chris Webber makes a cameo. Chris Webber. <laughs> uh, but Who was he the, playing for back then? The Warriors? Or was he still on the Warriors? Uh, he was on the Bullets. bullets. Okay. He was on the Bullets. The then. Wizards, for those of you who are too young to know. <laughs> <laughs> They're now the Wizards. Yeah. Um, and um, this reminds me of a scene from, uh, there's a movie called The Wackness. Who's in this? Is Jimmy... Um, Jamie Kennedy in the Wackness or no? Uh, Josh Peck. Josh. Okay. Okay. Um, it takes place in 1994, 95, uh, in New York. And there's a scene where like the girl he's got the crush on and they hanging out and he plays this song on his boombox. <laughs> and like, it was at a time where like no one had heard of, no one was familiar with Biggie yet. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Because there's a, there's also a scene with like Method Man. Method Man plays like a Jamaican uh, weed dealer. Nick Olson's in this too. What? Yeah, yeah. Ben Kingsley. Um, ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Okay, <laughs> I, I might have to check this out. Um, but there's a scene with Method Man, and um, uh, he hands Josh Peck's character a tape. He's like, oh, because he when he comes in to like you know. To load up, you know, to re-up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hears Biggie playing. He's like, oh, who's this? It's like, oh, this is this is guy, new guy, Biggie. And he hands him the tape. <laughs> so this is like, it's kind of like supposed to be that kind of time, like the summer of 94, mm-hmm. where Biggie, uh, we're ready to die, just drops. Okay. I might check this out then. It's on HBO Max, so. Okay. Yeah. Add it to the old watch list. So that was my number, f- where are we at? That was your number five. Okay, number four, Ben. Number four is uh, a classic. It is Creep by TLC. Mm. Um, There are many TLC songs I wanted to choose from. Um, What About Your Friends? Baby, Baby, Baby. I do love the Dallas Austin, New Jack Swing stuff from that first ooh on the TLC tip. Um, But this is one that's just... This is also Dallas Austin. Yeah, it's also <laughs> Dallas Austin. I just like, you know, because he was more New Jack Swing on that first album. Yeah. That and, was like 92, 93. Yeah, which made, in, and it made sense. Yeah. Um, this is just like some smooth R&B. It was almost kind of like they had been reinvented, you know? Yeah, because on the, who on the TLC tip was, well, like we had read, they were marketed as... It was kind of kitty, but there was also like sex positive. Yeah, when that wasn't really. Who did a thing we say yet. they were the male version of? Is it Jodeci? The, fem- the female version the female. of Belle Bibb. Belle Bibb, yes, Belle Bibb. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what we said. And then they kind of moved on to maybe the female version. Not saying they could sing like them, but maybe closer to like boys to men. Yeah, like they smoothed out. You got Red Light Special. Um, if I was your girlfriend, which I, I finally went back and listened to again. Yeah, it still doesn't, well, that doesn't it, make sense. And it was sense. kind of the evolution that, <laughs> that Bell Bill DeVoe didn't quite make on the second album. Yeah. Where you have... What, Hootie Mac? Yeah, Hootie Mac. <laughs> eh, like Something that curl in your didn't eyes. quite curl all the way. <laughs> um, oh, man, they tried, though. And, um, and 
it kind of made uh, it was it was all. What's always been interesting to me about TLC is that the lead singer, you could say, is T Boz, and she has a very unique voice. Yeah, for yeah, for a female. You think traditionally group, yeah. it would have been Chili, but it was T Boz because of the the lower register, and um, I you I get you felt like you could do more sonically with with her. Like you mm-hmm. you could you could experiment a little more. I agree. Uh, yeah, and funny enough though. Even though she was the lead singer, didn't feel like she was the front person. It felt like no. it was Left Eye. Left Eye was, yeah. Yeah. Left eye. <laughs> it felt like that's what it was. It's like you would have thought that, like, Left Eye is the, you know, but T Boss is actually the one singing all the songs. <laughs> um, I just, but I, I wrestled with, you know, between this, I'll probably say, What About Your Friends? And then going up to Fan Mail, um, Unpretty, which I thought was a great song, which has a great message. Um, and so I think Dallas also played guitar on that too. They really work with him a lot. <laughs> but Creep just I don't know, Creep is just, as the kids say, a vibe. It's just really great. It's yeah. really good. Um I mean I there's not much else I can really say about it. I just love this song. If this is I still regularly listen to this. Yeah, this is it's a song that's aged well to me. Yeah. Definitely. So that was your number four. Mm-hmm. My number four, uh, it's from the same album. Uh, it's Waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is definitely a song that brings back memories. I know I shared um, memories of this song and just the when the video first came out and just being blown away. <laughs> yeah, it was like because you know this was this is the, the mid '90s, so you know, <laughs> chill. We have we didn't have like you know Terminator Two had just come out, so. <laughs> And then they're in the waterfalls, and they're looking like Terminator 2. And I was like, you got to see them in the waterfall, man. In the water, they're dancing. They turned into water. They turned into water. And they're dancing. <laughs> like, it was it was really cool to us. Yeah, it was uh, definitely an epic video. Um, and uh, with the, the subject matter, you know, like I said, like, they were a a group that will be, today they will be considered the sex positive Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as their uh, but the songs that they made and to talk about you know uh, gang violence and uh, AIDS in the same song it seemed like they couldn't work but they did and you know this was the song that was written by the hotel manager <laughs> <laughs> was it Mar- Marquez Etheridge Mar- Marquez Etheridge who, who knew who knew um, Rico Love or Rico Wade sorry Rico mm-hmm. Love is a, another producer um, <laughs> uh, you know, so I and with, with this song, it's I, this is the song that like put them in the, the stratosphere. As oh far yeah, as the best-selling girl group of all time, especially with this album. Um, Creep, Creep got them started. Yeah, that was the ascent, and I think Waterfalls took them over the top. Well, I mean, I you can still play this song, and it's still like it'll still it's a sing-along chorus. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's a big, nice sing-along chorus, and everyone I feel still like there remembers was, it. There was some movie where, like, I know it was a white person referenced the lyrics, and they're like, "Just don't go chasing waterfalls, okay? Just stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to." I think that might have been other guys. <laughs> yes, I think yes, it was other guys. Yes, it yes. was. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I the, it's a I, timeless song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, hell, they even had it. You remember that show with was it Scream Queens? With yeah. Ariana Grande, the very first episode is them at a at a party, 
and this song comes on and everyone in the room just starts singing it like it's it's big it's big man <laughs> so that was my number four mm-hmm. so number three ben all right number three is um by total we have some groups in common here um kissing you um i really 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 like the the live instrument so you've got the guitar uh, all of these instruments were played by the incomparable Raphael Sadiq, um, who kind of, after Tony, 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 kind of fades into the background. Like, he does his own thing as a solo artist, um, starts inspiring and, in, well, influencing a lot of people in terms of the music he does, works with D'Angelo, you know, gives us that uh, that amazing, the R&B staple, How Does It Feel?, um, but before that, he did this, um, and apparently Puffy called him up and asked him to work on it. He says, Puffy called me. You have this co- this cool girl group. Um, he told me that while they're not singers, they had a lot of heart. I feel like that's kind of an insult. <laughs> Wait, he said what now? One more time? He told me that while they're not singers, they had a lot of heart. <laughs> I kind of ran from Puff for a minute, and after that, laughs. But he finally got me on the phone, and we had a long talk. But when I met the Total Girls, they had so much heart. Uh, the, oh, I thought he played guitar. He said the guitar was played by this guy named Brian Julian. When we were playing it, I started singing the lyrics, and I was like, this is it. This song will sound so good for Total. Um, it was a New York song. I do feel like it's a New York song. Um, I felt like I had to represent NYC for them. I started singing Kissing You to them, and they instantly caught on. They worked really hard on that record. Kissing You felt good the whole time. Um, this was, uh, like you said, produced by Raphael Sadiq. Um, co-written with Janice Johnson, Julian Jackson, and Brian James. Whoever that is, who's Brian James? Um, but yeah, love this song. I love the bridge. I love the bass line. Um, I kind of wish there was a guitar, uh, more of a guitar solo in there. There's a little bit of one towards the end. This is at the time where I was probably still discouraged. Yeah. Using guitars and R&B for some reason. <laughs> it was discouraged. Funny enough, she's walking around in the video holding a guitar, and I'm like, she's clearly not playing it. Like, you can just tell. <laughs> like, just why? Just give her, just let her walk. I don't know. But <laughs> um, but this is one of those songs that, yeah, Kendra does not know this song. I put her name out there. I feel like I should have done that. But I remember when I played it for, like, every now and then, if I've had a few drinks, I will go on my... um. My, I used to love this music back in the day, kick, and I was playing all the total music. <laughs> I think she knew a few of them, but she was like, "This one." She's like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know that one." But yeah, this one, this one's a fun song. All right, so that number three, my number three, I only wanted to put them on the list once, so I had to pick one song <laughs> and one song only. And as of right now, I'm still struggling to pick one. All right, I'm just going to go with my first choice. And uh, you'll know it when you hear it. <laughs> I struggled I struggled with them as well. I was going to, um, I feel like I'm kind of bearing the lead here. Um, when I was thinking about it, it was going to be um, Free Your Mind. I was, I, I almost went with... Um, my loving, you're never gonna get it. I and I wanted that one just because right before um, Maddie J 
G or Matt G, whatever he calls himself when he's on our pod. Shout out to him. <laughs> um, before he moved to where he lives on the West Coast, me, him, and Kevin really wanted to play this song with somebody because uh, we covered this one in Token, in not Token White, in, in um, Sunset. But we really wanted to play Free Your Mind, and we had <laughs> learned it in everything. We just couldn't find a singer for it. <laughs> I love that song. But uh, love I, this one too. I also considered Hold On because I remember seeing them perform Hold On. Like that was their first single, I think. Yeah. When they performed it on The Living Color. Okay. I don't think I ever saw that. I think they performed. No. It's either they performed it on Living Color or the video came on after an episode of In Living mm-hmm. Color when networks would debut music videos. Back in the day. <laughs> Um, but this one, uh, written by the hotel manager, <laughs> Marquez. Oh, he wrote this one too? I think so. That dude is probably eaten. I hope he had good like publishing. Did, I, I, I figured he didn't have to work again, or he just... He wanted to be a hotel manager. He just really liked it. <laughs> he just liked the job. Yeah, he co-wrote this one. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, this one, yeah, I, 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 yeah, this is a good song, though. I love the you I know this was a staple of of organized noise. The live instruments, live piano, the bass, the timpani that <laughs> was in there, the drums. God, this is probably like this probably started my love affair with snares that pop cuz that snare pops, boy. Yeah. Um I remember this being on the soundtrack to set it off. Um and uh this was actually the last single to feature Dawn. Yeah, after that they had the um they they went down to three. Yep. Dawn joined Lucy Pearl. Yep. And um I feel like we never saw their full potential. Makes me sad. Yeah. That happens. Uh, that happens. Yeah, that that was definitely a, a uh, it seems like that just happens with super groups. I know it's another little tangent here, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think now in the group is um Oh they Ron still they're still together? Uh, well, Maxine left. Oh, goodness. And now, and then Ronna Bennett joined. She was on, remember, you ever watched the Jamie Foxx show? Yes, I did. Remember the, uh, the girl, she, when he worked at Jingles 2000? I do not. She was like the, his rival, uh, Jingle writer? It's been a minute, so I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> a lot of those episodes run together. Uh, it was probably, it felt like it was like five episodes or something like that. But either way, um, she was also on Homeboys in Outer Space. But anyway, uh, she's in the group now. Okay. <laughs> so it's still just three, uh, Terry and Cindy, the ones that uh, I had a crush on, are still in the group. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just primarily remember that from the, the Set It Off soundtrack. And, um, yeah, it's one of their biggest songs, of course. So that was my number three. So number two, number two, Ben. Whew. These are these last two are interchangeable. So, um, Spice Girls, but not the song you're thinking. It is "Say You'll Be There." I know Matt's gonna say I'm only saying that to be a contrarian. I promise I'm not. <laughs> this was actually the first song I heard by the Spice Girls um, because the video was so wild. Like it was. Kind of like Mad Max meets, I don't know, like it was, 
Yeah. They're like in yeah, the desert. The and desert Yeah, they're in the desert. and But it's, this song has like, you know, arm. So I wasn't full into pop just yet when this came out. And this song still has a lot of R&B funk feel to it, which is probably why I was drawn to it more than Wannabe. Because Wannabe is just straight up pop. This has the like the the heavily funk influenced synth line at the beginning um, with the synth bass. It's just a lot of fun. I love this song um, to this day. Harmonica solo. You could have probably told me as a kid that Stevie played it and I would have believed you. <laughs> but um, I love this song. It's, it's just a fun song. Um, I still do remember though thinking as a kid they weren't the best singers. Not their fault. They weren't. I don't think they were really chosen for their singing talents. They're probably chosen because there were five good-looking chicks who could kind of dance, and uh, were British. So you know. And I think they they went really far with the the personalities of them. Yeah, I I think so as well. By giving them the names and you know the, I, me thinking that okay, you named the black girl Scary Spice. That's kind of racist. Thought I, I was I thought that was a little questionable too. I didn't know what it meant. I was like, is it because Pepper's scary? I don't know. Like, I just didn't. <laughs> I really did. Young Black Ben, who went by Thomas back then, was really trying to figure that one out, y'all. <laughs> so, this is co-written by Elliot Kennedy. Um, well, and the Spice Girls. They they got co-writing credits. I don't think they made any money, but they got co-writing credits. Uh, Elliot Kennedy also wrote for uh, Mary J. Blige, Brian Adams, S Club 7, 5, the Wanted. Oh, he's still working, man. If you <laughs> yeah. want for The Wanted, that was yeah. he, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> he's, he's still out here. He's still out here. Um, but guess who else has a writing credit on this song? The uh, the, the Robin Thicke before Robin Thicke. John B. John B. John B. Oh, well, tell him why. John B. <laughs> wrote a song, uh, or co-wrote a song, I think he or might have been the sole writer, on a song for... A group you might remember uh, called After Seven. After Seven had um, one of the Edmonds brothers in it. Two of them. Two of them. Okay, I can't remember if they had one or two. Um, he wrote a song for them called What You Are To Me and um, came out before this. Years later when this song came out, of course, he heard it. And I played this for Greg before. Um, it's it's not even, a, it's, it's the same thing. It might even be the same key for all I know. So he filed a lawsuit and won, and now he gets he's getting paid right now. So <laughs> as we play this song, um, and he is now he's a co-writer. Yeah, uh, give him that credit. Yeah, um, and uh, reduction duo Absolute was also well they produced the song, so they get the sound there. Um, yeah, I believe they also performed they, this at the '97 VMAs. Um, oh, it said that, like you said, they were inspired. The, the video they were inspired by the film oh, uh, Faster, Faster Pussycat, Pussycat, Kill Kill, and Pulp Fiction. I didn't see the Pulp Fiction. Um, I don't know which part that might have been, but yeah. either way, Quentin Tarantino did not direct the video. Um, and they did win. Um, they won something for this. Oh, they were nominated for VMAs. I don't think they won. Dude, that '97 VMAs was stacked. Yeah, like that was the year that um, that Jamiroquai 
and everyone oh. thought he was one person performed. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they did the video they did on the, stage. On stage. Beck was also there doing um, not new pollution, but Devil's Haircut. Devil's Haircut. And everybody was like, oh, he did a split. Like, that was a big deal. 97, I'm telling you, 97, 98 was a good year, man. <laughs> that was a good year. But, like, that Virtual virtual Insanity is just a great song. And, yeah, Pat Smear was there. Um, he presented, who are the performers? I don't, oh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, did, oh, okay, so that was the year that they did I'll Be Missing You, where Sting comes oh, out Sting. Yeah. comes out and sings with them. Prodigy, Prodigy did Breathe. Wallflowers did One Headlight with Bruce Springsteen. Um, crap, my bad. Beck did do the new pollution. Um, Spice Girls say you'll be there. Marilyn. Oh, God, because, okay, now I'm remembering everything. Jamiroquai, Virtual Insanity, and Marilyn Manson closes with the beautiful people, and Chris Rock comes out and says, run to church. Run to church. I remember. Oh, man. Oh, God. The Mighty Mighty Boston's played the pre-show. I remember that, too. The comment my sister made, like, who is that guy? Like they have because they have that guy that just dances around. Yeah. She's like, who is that guy? How do I how do I get that job? <laughs> just to be the dancer. <laughs> oh man. Oh God. So my um my number two is a Spice Girl song also, but it's still not the one you think. Uh this the one, it just always reminds me of like I think a soccer game is about to start. <laughs> and that spice up your life. I, as soon as you said it, I was like, I knew what song it was. <laughs> it just reminds me of like, like I, I think of the World Cup. I'm thinking of the World Cup. Was it used for the World Cup? Let me check. I feel like it was on a FIFA game. <laughs> I know, because this was off of Spice World. Yeah. Um, Cause this is like the video was like all futuristic and yeah. Um, uh, it was, it was, it was. Of course, it was in the movie. Um, it inspired the the video was inspired by the film Blade Runner. What's up, your life? Oh, not for the World Cup. It was used for the Olympics. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's why it's got that big sound. Oh God. I know I, re- I do like this song though. Um, it just feels, and I can't think of what it it reminds me of. Like the way they sing the the way they sing the verses. Like it kind of has like a um, a Latin feel to it almost. Yeah. But there's another song that it reminds me of in the way in which they sing. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah, this is this is a fun song. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the soccer thing though, like. But I can see the the flags and people getting crazy and oh man. Um, yeah, I like the energy of the song. Um, it they, it does have some Latin Latin and, and salsa uh, rhythms, of course. Um, I remember in the video vaguely people flying around. I haven't seen the video in a very long time. Yeah, they're like in like spaceships, like flying through a city. Oh, that, like that, a futuristic that video city. Cost millions. Oh, back then? Oh, God, yes. It probably instantly went into, like, the top 10 or top 20. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yes, yeah, it, it was really, for me, it was between, I almost went with, because I'm looking at, like, the songs that came after this. Um, Too Much was one song I almost went with, too. Like, those, these were, I'm telling you, Spice Girls were in their bag, man. They were making some really good pop music. 
Uh, so that was my number two. And shout out to my friend Wardell. He's a big Spice Girls fan. When we were 14. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that was my number two. So Ben, number one. This one feels awkward because it's, I know it's girl groups, but they're a group of girls. So I'm going with it. It counts. The Dixie Chicks, a.k.a. the Chicks. I know they're known as the Chicks now. I feel like that's a change that nobody asked for, but whatever. <laughs> um, Cowboy Take Me Away. Um, I think this song is just absolutely beautiful. Um, I know it was just the 90s and you probably had people saying like, oh, country was better in the 80s or the 70s. But I feel like this takes us back to maybe the last time we got this kind of country where it wasn't just talking about like, you know, women and, and like, I'm bad and I can drink under the table or dudes talking about, you know, driving my truck. Like it was just a song about, you know, a cowboy. And I think it's just a beautiful song. I love, I I mean, I've, I've been a Dixie Ch- Chicks fan for a long time. So that's why I was, I was so excited to do the documentary about, um, why can't I think of the name of it? Not ready to make nice as the song, but. Um, I cannot think of the name of the documentary now, but oh, shut up and sing. Shut up and sing. Yeah, we. I know we covered that one. I was really excited to cover it, just because I'm a fan of them, and um, I I was absolutely obsessed with this song in high school. Um, it always reminds me of my friend Liz, who I've not seen in many many years. I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but shout out to Liz. Um, I will only go to my 20 year reunion if she goes. I will not go if she does not go. And I've made that very clear to her because she was a really, really good friend of mine in high school. I miss her very much. But um, she was into Dixie Chicks as well. She's a big country music fan. And um, she's probably one of the reasons why I got into the Dixie Chicks in the first place. Like I'd heard of them. I knew that I think the first time I heard of them was when they were playing music Midtown back when I still lived in Columbus and they were advertising the lineup. It's like, who the hell are the Dixie Chicks? Like I'd never heard of them. Moved to Atlanta meet people start meeting people who expand my mind musically i don't have those ears that um carrie washington's character accuses <laughs> you know, i get rid of those ears um and yeah she introduces me to the dixie chicks and i start listening to them and just fall in love with them and love this song in general it's just a beautiful song uh, i didn't really pay attention to the song until we watched the documentary um it's the song i had heard by them because my mom told me about this song when she worked at that country music station, radio station, <laughs> uh, Goodbye Earl. That's a great song, too. <laughs> that was the first song I heard by them. But, I, yeah, I really like this song, too. Goodbye Earl is funny as hell. <laughs> the, vi- the video is hilarious. <laughs> With Dennis, Dennis Franz. Franz. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love the video. I love that song. This video is very simple. There's not much to this song at all. It's just, um, it's just them playing music. And um, I think I had a crush on the fiddle player. They're all married now. They're popping out kids. So, but um, I think they've all been married at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, I really like this song. It's just a fun song. Beautiful. I love the the imagery. Everything about it. Yeah. All right. So that is your number one. Yeah. My number one. Um, once I went back through my <laughs> my list. And like, yeah, this, this is the number one song. I think it's it's their definitive song to me because people still reference it today over 20 years later. Dog child, nine, nine. Hey. Say my name, say my name. 
I don't. I like this song. I, it's funny because people will probably think I don't like Destiny's Child. I like Destiny's Child. I just don't like Beyonce. Um, this is a good song. Um, Jesus Christ, the way it has like the um, it goes from kind of a, a slowed down beat, kind of goes to like an off beat in the pre-chorus, and then straight ahead. I, when that chorus hits, mm, yeah. Was this the first video without them? Yeah. Okay. This was. This was the, the change was made while this video is being filmed. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, a lot of history. there's a lot of history behind this song in particular. Oh, and I think man. that's what helped it become a number one song. That's why it won Grammys. That's why oh, it is still referenced today. Um, <laughs> so, of course, this is... I don't know if this was Dark Child at his peak, but it was close. If not, if it wasn't his peak, it was very close. His, uh, uh, his apex mountain. <laughs> I don't know how soon before or after the boy is mine was uh, was everywhere, um, and I think it was right before he started working on um, Invincible with Michael Jackson. <laughs> uh, so he was the um, yeah he was this this was this was the era. This mm-hmm. was the Dark Child era with this song. Uh, even though the girls got co-writing credit, um. <laughs> it's crazy because I, f- I I feel like this album right here. I know like they went on to do like you know independent women all that stuff. Like this album, I think still holds up, man. I was in a I was in Tuscaloosa Friday night, and Jumpin' Jumpin' came on. Everyone knew it, <laughs> and this is a college bar in a college town, and people are still like so. This is, yeah, these songs have aged very, very well, I think. Um, initially, Beyonce didn't like this song. Stop uh, it. it. It's original mix or whatever. I said it was too much going on. It's a very, it is a busy song, but I think that helps, especially when it gets to the chorus, when it just kind of like goes to yeah. that straight ahead beat again. Like it's. And I think that that's what helps with the sing along part. Yeah. Is that it's not too hard to catch the beat on this no. song. Um, and uh, as I said, this was during the the filming of the video is when the change was made where um, Latoya Luckett and Latavia Roberson were replaced by Michelle Williams and Farrah Franklin and uh, Latoya and Latavia did not know they were replaced until they saw the video (laughs) on TV (laughs) They did not know they had been replaced. Um, so I did not know this was nominated for Song of the Year. Yes, and Record of the Year. Lost a Beautiful Day by U2. I almost feel like that's not fair. Macy you, Gray was that year, too, I try. <laughs> yeah, oh, very, very interesting time uh, for the song. Um, but it did win for Best R&B Performance by Duo or Group and Best R&B Song. Nice. Um, and uh, it also won for best R&B video for the uh, with the VMAs. I'm telling you, looking at these the 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 late '90s, early 2000s, the "Lean on Me" by Kirk Franklin nominated for Song of the Year, like <laughs> "Unpretty" the next year, "Living La Vida Loca." 
Like, I feel like that would never happen nowadays. No one, Live La Vida Loca wouldn't be nominated. Like, that's... Or well, it's if, equivalent. It, if it was like, you know, you're, it, you know, if a Spanglish song, was that was a new thing at the time. Touche, touche, touche. But, yeah, I mean, looking at it, I don't know if I would pick it over Beautiful Day. I kind of feel like anything that came out around that time would have a hard time beating beating you two. They were kind of the old guys at that point, you know. They're even older now, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's going through my list. Like that's the song that stuck out to me just because of the uh, how, like I said, how it's aged, mm-hmm. the history behind it, um, and uh, the. The album itself, we might do an episode sometime down the line. Yeah, yeah, I like the album. I mean, it's one of those in my sister's collection. She had the CD. I listened to it. I liked Jumpin' Jumpin'. I liked Say My Name. I didn't care for Bills, Bills, Bills. Um, uh, Bugaboo on this one? Bugaboo was on there, I think. Yeah. Um I think Catch My Breath, that was the next album. Yeah, when it was just three of them. Yeah, when after, yeah, so. Yeah, Bugaboo was on that. But yeah, I used to... Yeah, I used to listen to this this album a lot <laughs> with my sister because I, you know, whatever she listened to, I listen to. So, so um, yeah, that will do it for our because five uh, girl group songs. Um, I know a lot of girl groups were left out there, like with our boy the boy band songs. We didn't really go past the eighties and going back, so try to stick to that in this regard. Um, Sorry for all your Frankie Valley fans. <laughs> or if you like the Supremes and yeah. Martha Rees and the Vandellas. Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Sorry, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have it for you <laughs> back then. Or, if, or the Supremes or, um, oh God, what was Ronnie Spector's group? The Ronettes. The Ronettes. <laughs> Sorry, they're not walking through that door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so my um, my earworm, uh, I believe this is the, I think this just might be the second time they've this group has appeared as an earworm. Um, it's a band that I think Ben, I don't know if he just listens to that one song by Prefab Sprout. Um, I've started listening to When Love Comes Down as well. Okay. Yeah, that that's been covered a few times. Well, I think um, Lisa Stansfield did a cover of it. Okay, and um, <clears throat> the cores maybe I don't know the the, the cores have a lot more covers than I realized, but yeah. I don't I may, maybe them I'm not. Um, but I know there there are a few covers of it, but this one is uh, one from their. An album that came out. In, oh, actually, it was on there. They had a compilation album. Okay. Uh, called "Full of Surprises." If I can find it, here we go. And uh, where is it? okay? And um, I think the song they released as a single. I think it was like 1990 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called "If You Don't Love Me." And it was, I think Kylie Minogue did a cover of this song. Oh, I love Kylie Minogue. Ooh, I love Kylie Minogue. <laughs> uh, so this is If You Don't Love Me by Prefab Sprout. And we'll be right back.
That is, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't love me by Prefab Sprout. I could totally hear Kylie Minogue covering that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's from their compilation album, The Life of Surprises, the best Prefab Sprout. And uh, you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now. <clears throat> so that'll bring us to the end of this program. This episode, at least. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening. Much and appreciate um, it. Or if you watched on the watch the live stream or whatever, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All the listens. Uh, all the love. Uh, all the love. For those who use Facebook Podcast, apparently it's being taken down in yeah, the I next month. Notification too. <laughs> so um, I don't think a lot of people. I I, I think I told someone like. Yeah, uh, Facebook is is ending the podcast thing. Like they had podcasts. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> that was the first time I heard about it. So, um, so um, yeah. So you might have to find another platform, but we're, you, if you use another platform, we're probably there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ben, um, a lot of girl groups that we did not include. Uh, you know, seven o two and. Oh man! Allure and um, there's a group called there's a or I don't know if it's a group or a singer called Stilo. That was a song. Yeah, I know, but there's also a singer named Stilo now. Oh really? Who does music that sounds like it's from the '90s? You know what? I think we should end this in the episode with Stilo. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, shout one. out to all the uh, my cousin Skeeter, Skeeter. fans. <laughs> <laughs> um. They were yeah. they were in Nickelodeon a lot. They did a song for the Good Burger soundtrack too. Yeah. Hmm. Uh huh. I remember that boy. <laughs> Get the Nickelodeon bucks. And <laughs> hey, that was big money, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. We'll end the show with that. Thank you all for listening. And uh, it'll play. There it is. We'll talk to you very very soon. Peace. Peace.